On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we preview our matchup against the Oakland Raiders. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazar. everybody welcome back to the pack it up packers podcast this is ryan joined as always by josh and dan hello gents hey guys hello hello so we're gonna start uh with some somber news to start this episode um we are going to have a moment of silence because the packers will no longer be able to do sack dances why is that that's your moment of silence. Is, you can't even give it a. Yeah, but why, a why can't they? I got ADD. Sidarius no Smith. Yeah, Sidarius Smith after practice on Thursday said that Matt Lafleur has canceled the sack dances. That he's no longer doing them, and the defense is going to follow suit. So, what? is it going to go back to the handshake days of Charles? Yeah, Lincoln? I was about to say that's which I'm actually fine with. That actually, I get kind of excited with this uh, all business take, but. We'll have to see how long it lasts. I have a feeling that when they need that energy, that rule will immediately disappear. But um, I wonder if LaFleur got uh, a little worried that he was being mocked because, you know, the sleeping dance that Zedarius came out with, they explained it was because he had slept in past a meeting and like Preston actually called him to wake him up. Um, So he was making light of the situation that he had slept through a meeting. So I wonder if he got a little salty about that. Oh, right. That would probably be a good reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm back on Metler's side. <laughs> like give him, a, give him a week week suspension from sack dances. Um, but so here we go. Sunday at Lambeau, Raiders versus Packers. Woo! Green Bay leads the overall series eight to five, and that's after winning the last seven matchups. It was the 1987 Los Angeles Raiders who were the last ones to win against the Packers. Uh, the Raiders are 3-2 and two on the season. They are undefeated against four-legged animals, Broncos, Colts, and Bears, but have lost both games against two-legged folks, Chiefs and Vikings. So we, as a bunch of meat packers, are set to win. We're in good shape. Yeah. So that will do it for this episode. Uh, <laughs> this win is in the bag. Uh, key players have been Josh Jacobs, who their first round pickup, who's been absolutely amazing. Waller, the tight end, has actually been their leading receiver for a majority of these games. Um, and on defense, Benson Mayowa has had a consistent pass rush, four and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. So let's start actually with our offense, which has been the most talked about. For the first time, I think this season, leading out of a week game, uh, it's been who's stepping up. Injuries are mounting up. I believe it was like Kumro was the only receiver not limping around uh, this practice this week. But how do we feel not only about the injuries, but going into this Oakland game, knowing they're coming out of a bye? I'm just here for the reunion handshake between Deshaun Kaiser and Aaron Rodgers and then Trevor Davis and... Yeah, wait. We don't have any wide receivers for him to say hi to, guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel good about the offense at all. I mean, we were concerned when we were down Devonte Adams, 
It most likely were down Devonta Adams, NVS, and Geronimo. We've seen nothing out of Jimmy Graham to make him think that to make us think that he can carry the team. The running games looked good, but I think what we're going to see both defenses do, not to get too analytical too quickly here, but I think they're both going to put one safety high. They're going to man up on the corner on the wide receivers with their corners, and they're going to put as many in the box as possible, and they're going to say, try to beat me throwing the ball, I dare you. And I don't know which team's going to do it better. I actually totally forgot about Kaiser being in Oakland, so I really hope that Boyle comes out with a mink coat and a stick in his mouth and like a half bottle of whiskey and just flicks him off and walks back to the sidelines. Like that'd be so awesome. This is my home now. The Raiders defense, man, this, this defense is such a hard nose, like smash you around. Uh, they definitely know they may not be as good as you uh, when you're they're lined up against you, but uh, they definitely out try to out hustle you and make sure to do everything to wear you down. These guys, not a lot of big names on their defense. You know, a lot of young guys that are just now getting plugged in and to play. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with us. You know, are they going to stop the run? Are they going to be able to stop Aaron Rodgers, even though we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, pass, uh, pass threats? Uh, you know, you know, it, it's I, I just don't know what to expect from this game. Man, I'm glad we're on the same page because I put in my notes, literally, they sort of have some dudes. <laughs> like it, It's sort of the definition of, you know, maybe they're greater than the sum of their parts, right? Like they have some nice players. They have the Clellan Farrell was the number four overall pick and some mock drafts, you know, had Rayshon Gary going up that high. So um, there'll be a battle of early first round pick pass rushers, uh, Gary on Conley in the at a cornerback. And then LaMarcus Joyner and Carl Joseph are two nice safeties. Uh, but I just think they play pretty well as a team. Um, the D line, I watched the last two games they played against the Colts and then the bears. And I, again, they're solid as a group. They seem to rotate a bunch of guys though. Like all eight or nine that are on the depth chart were actually making plays. So I had to keep looking up numbers of guys on their depth chart to see who it was that batted down a ball or made a nice tackle for a loss or actually getting sacks. So it's interesting that, you know, maybe their front four aren't pro bowlers, but they're going eight or nine deep and they're probably helping them stay fresh longer throughout the game. So I'm still torn on what the final score projection is going to be. I think the defense uh, is good enough to give us some trouble. And without any wide receiver coming into this game, uh, we're leaving the door wide open to to maybe not score so many points. I watched uh, the Minnesota and Bears game just because I knew, you know, I know the Vikings and Bears. Um, But the the Vikings succeeded in running the ball outside consistently off tackle uh, pitches, uh, sweeps, uh, jet sweeps, you know, and it seemed to work consistently for them. And then you watch the Bears game and they're more attacking up the middle, you know, and then passing to the outside. I wonder if we start running off off the edge with Aaron Jones or, you know, just some jet sweeps with the wide receivers, if we can get some space and then possibly get something going up the middle also. I totally agree, because if you actually look at the secondary for the, the Oakland Raiders, I think they're maybe slightly above average, but they're, mm-hmm. they give up a ton of yards. I think they're in the top five most yards against when it comes to passing, which is unfortunate that Rodgers is going to have a lot of randomness around him. But 
if you can take that running game, which has been really, really successful these last two weeks, not only getting them outside and hoping they, they kind of cut up when they need to, but throwing the ball to people in the backfield, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even mind seeing, is there a chance we just get at least a few looks of Williams and Jones in oh, at the yeah. same time? Oh, like yeah. I would love double, double backs splitting out. Sometimes they're together. Sometimes they're out. I just think that this game, if the Packers are to win, has to be done through the air because I, I don't think that the Oakland secondary is good enough to stop Rodgers if they get going. So looking at Lazard, looking at Mercedes Lewis, can we get enough production to at least chip away? But like you guys said, yeah. I, I think it's just such a crapshoot with how banged up this offense is. I think you're right. The the offensive production, I'd like to see somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 catches come from the running backs. I think if there's going to be a it's, – it's not glaring, but if there's a weakness on the Oakland Raider defense, it's probably going to be stretching out the linebackers and making them cover sideline to sideline. So the play we had last week that I'm sure we all remember where uh, Booger McFarland actually said Aaron, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball a little bit behind Aaron Jones, even though it was right in his – eye socket mm-hmm. uh, but this beautiful vertical route ben fennel has been calling out on the athletic it's almost an impossible route for a linebacker to stop you get a receiver on the boundary that stretches uh, the corner you get a tight end crossing across the middle so he makes the safety stay true to the middle of the field and then you get your running back splitting the difference essentially outside the hash marks but inside the number and he's getting a running start at a linebacker that's backpedaling and that linebacker also really can't jam the running back at all because of that so it's a beautiful route design they ran it to perfection outside of the actual conclusion um, but I'd, I'd like to see more creativity like that and that may frankly have been Matt LaFleur looking at touchdowns from around the league the the point josh brought up earlier this week uh because other teams have been running that play and then boom we have it in our playbook uh last week so i'd like to see a lot more of that and i think that's where production needs to come from i, I don't think i mean can we talk just for a half second everybody every packer fan in the world right now has alan lazard as a pro bowler all of a sudden can we, <laughs> can we just hit the brakes and see it two weeks in a row before we anoint him like nope. the next coming of sterling sharp nope. It's too late. I have a Lazard tattoo that covers my entire back. And I am so on board with him. I'm so on board. Yeah, you, you make great points, Dan. But we also need to you go off of our play action again. Even if we aren't having success running the ball, uh, I was I was watching the film and the Raiders linebackers, like you're saying, they're they're pretty weak and they bite. And even the safeties bite because they play so aggressive at times. Uh, they they obviously are taught to you know team tackle. They normally have four or five, possibly six guys around the ball when they're tackling them. Um, it's pretty impressive to see you know given that there's no big names on this team. But uh, so yeah, I think the play action would be should set us up for some success also in this game. Yeah, we'll see a lot of play action from both teams. I notice the Raiders really thrive off of it. So whoever can get that running game going should open up the passing game first. I will say. That the first ball thrown to both Shepard and Lazard are going to be massive because uh, it just seems like one of those things that if Shepard drops that first ball, he's in his head going, oh, my God, it's happening again. If Lazard drops that ball, all of a sudden it becomes this maybe that last week was a fluke. But if they can get going early, 
I actually feel a little bit more calm that I think there is enough talent on this team. And I'm always a big believer on young guys stepping up when they need to. And we saw that towards the end of the game against the Lions. But that first pass is going to be so critical that I really, really hope that it's just, hey, let's get a quick slant route. Let's just get something easy to get people comfortable and then move from there. Oh, and I wanted to bring up something about Darius Shepard, y'all, because you guys were dogging him in our last episode. Um, I read a great article on the, in the athletic and it it brought up some great points. Uh, One being he had 21 snaps on offense before that game, Uh, no catches and very few targets in the lions game. He had 29 snaps doubling his total. And Oh, four hours before the game, they cut the only other returner on the team, um, which I just don't understand. I, I just don't. I, I get why you would believe in somebody, but I don't get why you believe in somebody that tried out for your team three months ago and that you didn't even give a signing bonus because you probably didn't even think you're, he was going to make the team. Um, so I, I just don't get why they gave him such a big workload. I thought for sure they'd give somebody else more, more looks got, than him. I got your easy fix for Darius Shepard. Just come out in a new number. Just come, out like, just come out like number 88 will be like, oh, who's that guy? He looks good. <laughs> you could come out you could come out as 80, and then people be like, oh, it's happening again. Honestly, I hope he doesn't even see the field on offense this game. Like, <laughs> like, just, just catch hey, the ball and dog, let's, not, let's not dog him, Josh, but I hope he never sees the field. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought you were just defending him, and then you come back with, nah, bench him. No, don't, just for one game. He can come back after this, but just one game. It was interesting to hear uh, the support he has in the locker room from guys like Devontae Adams. So um, ultimately, we all know Aaron Rodgers is this guy that's big on trust he has with wide receivers. So I think we'll know pretty early if Aaron Rodgers still has some faith in him because you know, if Shepard's out on the field and he doesn't get a ball thrown his way in that first quarter, he's probably lost trust in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can cover this really quick. Um, are we all in agreement that we like the Ryan Grant pickup? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm really excited to see him. You know, it's obviously this week is probably a little too soon, but in the coming weeks, he has the chance to absolutely steal the slot role from uh, Geronimo. So oh, I'm, please. I'm very, he, very, he has a chance to that. steal the outside role from MVS. In my opinion, he's got Ugh. the speed. Ooh, MVS really good. hasn't showed it's much other than two stop. catches a game. Stop. I mean, stop, <laughs> stop. No, Ryan Grant had some nice uh, production when he was with the Redskins. Uh, I did not know. I wasn't aware. He was actually with the Raiders for the first two weeks. Uh, so I actually texted you guys earlier saying, you know, is this just an Intel pickup, right? Where like the Cowboys did with Josh Jones. Did we just pick him up to learn about the Raiders? Uh, but I think he's got a lot to add. He's got some speed. He plays. He does. He does play from the slot and the outside. But I don't think he's really competing with an MVS. I think he's coming in to play a slot role for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this week's a little too early to see much from him. Now, uh, if I have to take that back because he has six catches for 100 yards, I'll be happy to do so. <laughs> <laughs> so let's switch over the other side of the ball. This Raiders offense is. Scary good from a rushing perspective. I believe they're floating around eighth in the league from that standpoint. Josh Jacobs scares the hell out of me. He's currently averaging about five yards a carry, 13 yards a catch. Um, so I know that we've had it in the past. We've faced quite a few teams this year that are running heavy. But 
how do we feel? I know that Lions are are kind of it might be a fluky game because I they're they're poor at running, but can we get two games in a row where our rush defense holds up? I'm I'm as nervous as you are, and I don't think the the run heavy teams we face like the Vikings and the Cowboys that will deploy the use of a fullback and commit to the run. Um, they didn't really do that for an entire game against us. And what I saw out of the Raiders now in both games with the Colts and the Bears, they went up 14 nothing. So that may have a little stake in what I saw. But they started both games in 22 personnel where they got a, a Josh Jacobs at running back, Alec Ingold, the old Badger fullback out there, and then Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, two tight ends. So two running backs, two tight ends. And it's probably because of their personnel to some degree. They're, they may be worse at wide receiver than we are specifically because Tyrell Williams isn't playing. Uh, but they started out tight uh, formations running the ball in a, in a power game that was pretty impressive. Their offensive line was actually fun to watch. I had fun watching their center quite a bit. Um, and then they built off that running game into some play action. Now, the thing that intrigued me is once they got a 14, nothing lead, they started to widen it out a little bit and create some counter action. Um, but they still weren't stretching the ball down the field, uh, to anybody, but wall or their tight end who you could mistake for a big wide receiver. Um, uh, but, they really don't have any wide receivers. So, yeah, I'm worried that if they just commit to this heavy formation, strong power run game, and then build play action off of that, even with their lack of wide receivers, they could find some success against us. If if the Raiders get up 13 to nothing like the Lions did, uh, we're in trouble. Uh, we we cannot let this game get away from us early. We have to stay uh, you know fundamentally sound on both sides of the ball. No turnovers in the first half that that would kill us uh, because Josh Jacobs and that that offensive line is massive. They were getting such a massive push against the defensive line on the Bears. I couldn't believe it. I I, I honestly couldn't believe it. Um, I don't know many of the linemen. I, I don't know many linemen in the NFL. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, but it, Rich, it was Rich well, yeah, Richie Incognito. <laughs> you got to watch for getting stomped on. They also got uh, Gabe Jackson back from uh, some injury of some sort who's going to be their right guard. So um, their center, Rodney Hudson, was a free agent signing from Kansas City. Gabe Jackson coming back from injured reserve. Um, what might be a bit of a saving grace is their big right tackle, Trent Brown. is He's popped up on the injury report with a calf. But it's actually uh, also partially because he's got some legal issues popping up with a domestic abuse situation. So I don't feel bad for the guy if he doesn't play. Um, but that would be great for the Packers if he doesn't play because that would help our pass rush uh, even against the strong game. I mean, their line is impressive. Colton Miller was a high draft pick, too. So across the board, you got to respect him. Um, I'm concerned in the run game. I, you know, I hope we can shut it down to some degree. Because uh, then they can't throw the ball at all. They got a new signee in Zay Jones. They got Hunter Renfro, the the small guy from Clemson. Trevor Davis looks pretty good for him. He looks like a completely different guy. He's even returning punts for yardage, which is something Green Bay seems allergic to. Uh, but I, I, Derek Carr is a nice quarterback, but he's like a nice quarterback for eight and eighteen. Uh, but but Josh Jacobs is a stud. And Gruden loves to get the ball out of Derek Carr's hands. Uh, I think he's he's averaging uh, 2.52 seconds uh, before throwing the ball, which is one of the lowest in the league. Um, and he's ha- he's got a 73 percent completion rating right now, um, which is a little mind blowing. So you, you definitely know there are a lot of dump offs. There's a lot of you know short yeah. passes over the middle. There's not a lot of uh, 
chance chances taken down the field. I think they only have one yet yeah, only one play over 40 yards and that's to the guy who's out uh, Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, honestly, you just got to protect the middle and stop the run. I mean, just pack it up, put eight in the box all day. Pack it up. I see what let, you did let's, there. Let's see what they can do. <laughs> what a company man. What, <laughs> what a company, company man. man. So, it, yeah, it really does count. I think this whole thing, this whole game is around car. And I feel like a broken record because of the amount of quarterbacks that we've said this year needs to beat us. Um, but he here's the thing. In their three wins, Carr was sacked a combined one time and gave up zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. In those two losses, though, seven sacks and three interceptions. And there was a spike in tackles for a loss in those two games, almost double the three wins combined. So if we can get our same kind of production and pressure out of Smith, Kenny Clark, please be the breakout game. I I really do think if we can somehow find a way to at least control the running game, but yet get pressure on Carr, he is going to make mistakes. And that could be our saving graces. Can the defense hang in enough during the first half to kickstart the game that our offense can kind of catch up? Um, but I think it relies heavily on Carr because he's really, really good. His percentage is completion and everything that you mentioned is is top notch. It leads the NFL at in fact. But when he feels pressure, he panics. Yeah. And that's where we have to take advantage. And that's probably our strong suit is getting pressure. So I would love to see some corner blitzes. We always talk about the A gaps coming on strong. I think this is just an awesome opportunity for the boys to run wild. And I think Mike Pettin is running around 26% blitzes. I would hope that he just knows that this receiving core isn't as great and just said, boys, we're going a lot. So. Yeah. They're, they're a well-coached team, and I think they know that Derek Carr suffers when he's getting pressure. And two things that popped up on film, or two guys, I should say, are the two backup running backs for them. So unlike the Packers, who are allergic to a third running back, uh, the Raiders heavily use Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, number 30 and 33, respectively, uh, heavily in the pass game. So, you know, you don't have to worry about a 20-yard route from a wide receiver when he's just dumping it off to his running back pretty quickly. And that really hurts our ability to pass rush and our ability to send, you know, something like six guys on a blitz because you're leaving no one to pick up a running back then. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch that back and forth. I, I I respect what this coaching staff has done. I, I'm not sure I like Gruden so much as an announcer when he's interviewing with the media, but I respect what he's done with this football team. He's put a lot of misfits together to produce a pretty good team. I'm interested actually what they would have looked like if they could have kept Antonio Brown happy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually pretty impressive what he's done because there's a lot of young, young talent on offense and they look like a team, like a really good football team. Yeah. You know, they're not nothing flashy, but they just play solid week in and week out. And this whole podcast would have been completely different if we played them in week four because they started one and two mm-hmm. and the win was over the Broncos who look like crap right now against the Chiefs. But then they came back with two strong wins and the whole question of do bye weeks matter? Uh, the Lions came out and caused a bunch of confusion with the Packers. Hurry ups on third downs that obviously they had practice and they had been well coached for two weeks. I think the Raiders come out with some stuff we haven't seen and a little fresher. Uh, and we can get into predictions, but this might be the first time I predict an L. Ooh, I, I did want to ask. I did want to ask you guys before we get into the predictions. Do you guys oh. think we get more sacks or more turnovers in this game? Sacks. I really do think that. 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, think we can. I think we can. Yeah. I mean, two sacks, you're in good shape, but two turnovers is a game changer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. although we're due, I feel like we we always come out stronger afterwards. I mean, we saw against Dallas after going kind of nada against Philly, so hopefully it's the same kind of thing. But our official, unofficial bookie Bovada has the Packers slipping only half a point since our last episode. They're at five and a half favorites. Over-under has remained at 47. I am very, very, very surprised. So let's go around the horn. Score predictions, game predictions. Who's your MVP? I'll start on this one. And I I can see the Packers winning. I understand that they should win. I get that. Um, But like Ryan against the Cowboys where he wanted to say, you know, the Packers are going to win this pretty handily. And uh, it was a bit of a hot take. I just feel like if I don't, make this my prediction and it actually happens that I'm going to be kicking myself. So I don't want to be left kicking myself. Um, I think they're two well-coached teams. Like I just said, the Raiders coming out of the bye week scares me. Um, Our lack of passing game that we're predicting, uh, I don't think it's going to be too high scoring. And I think the Raiders may have some things we haven't seen, Uh, especially Darren Waller against some linebackers. I don't know who's going to cover that guy. He's pretty good. So um, I'm going Raiders 23 Packers. 17 that's a little that's a little higher gap than i would like but uh, (laughs) but i don't know it's not as as much as i left my mouth and you failed on the question you asked who your mvp pick was and you gave him the damn winner of the game no it's all it's all so who's our mvp (laughs) who's gonna step up well the the packer player i think that needs to be mvp um would be jamal williams i think we got to have back-to-back games from him where he just sets a tone like he did last week uh, we can build off of that and sort of, you know, use that play action to free up some of these younger wide receivers if they have to respect the running game. And so far, I think that guy's going to be Jamal Williams. Yeah, well, I'm going opposite. I think the Packers still pull this off. I think it's going to be hard. I think we're going to get some more injuries in this game. Uh, but I think they pull it off 24-20. Um, and I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think it comes down to who wins a turnover battle and who has the ball last. Uh, we, we still don't have enough talent uh, for Rodgers to pull away in any game, but we do have enough to compete in every game. And we definitely have a good enough defense uh, to have a slugfest and to keep it close, uh, you know, stop them in the red zone, hold them to field goals and uh, keep our offense in it somehow. And then the MVP, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't think we win this game if he does not have a little magic in him. Uh, he's definitely going to have to control the clock, uh, you know, very closely, just like the last game. Um, it's going to be a lot of dink and dunks, so small, short routes, and then hopefully open up the play action to get some, you know, maybe get MBS if he's going to be playing downfield or something. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, pull off a miracle for us again. I thought about this all damn day. I spent way too much time thinking about it. Uh, I think this game ultimately is going to be decided in the first half. It's either going to be a runaway train for Oakland, who's healthier, rested, and just completely zoned in the Packers. Or the Packers hang on. They get a fortunate turnover. They get some stops. they, They keep that possession game going, and they keep it within a touchdown heading into half. I'd feel really, really good about the Packers. I think they weather the storm. I think we're going to get that same kind of feeling that we did um, against the Lions where you're just going, what is happening? Um, The only thing I feel good about is similar to Dallas. 
I think that this team prepares better when they know everything that's going to happen. Um, you know, the two scary moments were, all right, Adams is out. And then this most recent game with Lions where it just felt like everybody was leaving the field. I think that they can prepare as well. And they just hold on enough during halftime that it makes it a doable comeback. Plus, it's not a night game. For some reason, I think the Packers just are struggling with night games. But I think the Packers win 27-24. And it's, again, another Mason Crosby field goal late. And then our defense holding on. Mm. See, the not being a night game makes me feel like it's it builds it up to be one of these perfect sleeper games where we're just we're walking into it injured. We're we're coming off a of five days rest versus their two weeks of rest. I feel like the noon game hurts us even. Yeah. And I, I, it's a complete absolute trap game. And I, this is yeah, the worst I felt all season. That's so the term I feel like it's kind of a, it's kind of a Homer pick, but, and then my MVP, it, it has to be Preston Smith. Can he get to car two, three sacks? If he does, then this game is, is completely ours. Cause we need to put pressure on car. So, are you saying him because Trent Brown's out? Yeah, it, it it has to. It has to be. It has to be. So that will do it for this episode. We'll see how Sunday goes. Come on, six and one? Oh, yeah. We got it. We got it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Go Pat. Go. Oh!